<laughs> Hello and welcome to the Rocket Buzz. Welcome to the Rocket Buzz. My name's Matthew Jordan, and I am your host for this week's news and last week's news in the space community. With us, we have Mr. Matt Cutshaw. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us. Excellent. We got Mr. Stephen Kegel. I got a little buddy next to me. Yes, and Mr. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, Senator, Senator Bernie Sanders, sitting back there looking all to the moon. Get off! Get off my rings! Dutch coin to the moon. All right, we got Mr. Producer Derek Wise. Hello, hello. And we got photographer extraordinaire Mr. Kyle Montgomery. What up? Who has Boca Chica as his background for good reason. And we will get into that in our uh, second segment. But first, the news. Let's look at Sunday. On Sunday, we got a uh, update on Starlink. Uh, we actually got a tweet from the Sheets tweets, which I love Michael Sheets. He puts out great news and very fast. And he's got the inside scoop on everything, so I love getting his news. But he was uh, talking to SpaceX director David Goldman, uh, spoke with FCC officials late last week to discuss the company's proposal to modify and lower some of the Starlink satellites to lower altitudes and give a presentation on the update of the network's process, progress. So they actually are, are getting ready to update the uh, FCC, the Federal uh, Communications uh, people, and uh, update them and give them – a sense of exactly what they're doing with the network. Um, that's pretty interesting. Uh, that's kind of all the information we have there. We don't have any idea as to why they want to lower some of the uh, satellite uh, altitudes either. Uh, so let's... by lowering the altitudes, they are going to be into a safer orbit as far as decay time. It will take much less time for those satellites to decay after their useful life. They're also able to lower the power level when the satellites are transmitting. And so now Amazon was not very happy about the plan as the Starlink satellites in their lower orbit are very close. They're within, I believe, about 30 kilometers of their planned project, Cooper. Kuiper. Uh, Kuiper. And so they were objecting to those. And there was a little bit of a spat back and forth uh, with Elon saying that they shouldn't be hamstringed just because of the future plans. And the Amazon was ignoring the fact that they were lowering power levels and improving safety. And so there was a little bit of back and forth, but we did have, of course, on Transporter, there were 10 satellites with the lasers, which are able to communicate between them, which will be very good for the future of the Starlink program. And that mm -hmm. network reliability in between the, the satellites and the being able to pass off between users and uh, pass off between the satellites as uh, basically on the move as it's moving over your location. That pass off with the lasers is actually goes a lot quicker and it's a lot more um, complete and fast. So, mm -hmm. well, it will also lack for the ability to have signals in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of boats will be interested in that probably. Yeah, yeah, so it doesn't have to worry about running into loon balloons. You know about those from Google? No, I oh yeah, I remember the Google balloons. Wow, that was a yeah, long loon. time ago. They, loon. they finally canceled it. Wow, that was we're a done. long time ago. They were doing the balloon program. As of this month, they're like, we're done. We're done with that. Doing balloons one. with internet on them. 
Yeah, and because... I'm going to say something about Elon and, and Jeff Bezos real quick. No matter what happens, even though Jeff congratulated Elon not too long ago uh, when um, SNA did the, the launch and crash landing, those two are always going to be battling out. You know what I mean? Those two are always going to butt heads. And no matter what, they will never be buddy-buddy. They will never get along. Uh -huh. But competition is good for, for, for space. You know, it keeps, you know, technology at, at, at the latest and greatest, keeps everybody moving forward, and it keeps things interesting. So I just wanted to make a little notation. You, you know, in 100 years, they're going to be making the movie – uh, about this era of spaceflight, and they are going to be the Ford versus Ferrari of this era. Yes, just exactly. the people who are putting their pocketbook, their money, their soul on the line to to produce these new products that are cutting edge, mm -hmm. you know, and and be the first to get there. It, it, it's 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 gonna it's an exciting time to be alive, honestly. Now, I'm a fan of both. I don't hate. I, I love Blue Origin. I love SpaceX. I love ULA. I love all launch providers. I, I don't have a favorite. You know what I mean? Some are more reliable than others, but there's also kinks that need to be worked out. So, uh, But when it comes down to it, I love them all. So there you go. Absolutely. Now, this addition of the lasers will allow the Starlinks to operate without the ground stations because as of now, the Starlinks are reliant on literal ground stations just like similar to cell towers but in reverse uh basically and that they're what provides your internet whereas now they'll be able to extend range communicate between them and also by lowering the orbit they do plan on increasing the speed long term i believe it was up to 10 gigabits per second in oh, nice. that's the long term and uh exactly how that plays out with each customer who knows how it will actually play out, but yeah, atmospheric have... conditions are going to have a huge effect on, on your latency and, and your, your up and down rate. So, Oh yeah. Especially yeah. with their high frequency that they use. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Absolutely. even loves SLS. How about that? <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. I love them all. I love them I, all. I, I, I'm, a I'm the same way, bro. Like when that thing starts launching, that's going to be a show, man. Not, and you will not be yeah. allowed to observe from Playland the Beach because 39B is too close. But yeah. when SLS does finally launch, that's going to be a show. It is going to be a beast. Like, y'all are too young to remember the, the shuttle launches. And you, you might not yeah. have even been in the area uh, when the shuttle was launching with any regularity. But that that you could see all the way away in tampa very brightly like it was a show even from there where i lived yeah, i man. and i saw the last night launch over the 7-eleven i worked at at the time and it was oh most incredible thing and i'm about 50 miles from the coast here so get ready to watch yeah. that one launch and then we'll never see it again. No, yeah, probably gonna be no, two. No, we're gonna get three. We're gonna get three. We're gonna get three at least. Like, well, Congress it's coming this year. It's not law. too far away. They said 2021. It's not coming this year. It's the new James Webb. I, I just, I really want them to succeed. I don't want I, all of that national treasure to to have been wasted again. I don't. I don't know if they'll even get time to see it. I think they're gonna end up pulling funding. So because they've. Took so I, I long would, and wasted I would, so much money. I would highly recommend to Congress, and if any congressman happen to be listening to our <laughs> show, first, thank you for the work that you're you're going to be doing in Congress, and second, please do not pull funding from SLS just because it has taken so long to develop. We are at the cusp 
of having a nationally owned launch system. Do not pull the plug. It's not a wise idea to put everything in commercial hands. We saw what happened earlier this year when uh, I agree with that. Or last year, rather, when there was an issue with the Falcon 9 and then all Falcon 9 launches were stopped for a while. And we don't want to be reliant on that if an issue takes longer. Thankfully, that was a very quick issue to address. But if there does happen to be something like that with Starship and we were reliant on that, it like we we need multiple systems. They need to be operating in tandem. We need backups and definitely having something that isn't commercial will be good. Three millimeter strip of lacquer. Three millimeter. You know how small that is? That that's nothing. That is what scrub. It wasn't three. It wasn't three millimeter. It was three mil, three thousandths of an inch. Three mil. Jeez. Like that's the teeniest bit of lacquer you could you could probably put down with a paintbrush. So we we need to have multiple things. And SLS, it's a it's a super heavy lift system. If you don't want to put astronauts on it, why not use it to put gateway up in one throw? That sounds like a pretty good idea to me or replace the international space station in one throw because you can do that with a super heavy lift system like that. But that's just my two cents. I mean, I'm not the person who makes the decisions. Yeah, it could be Skylab too. But there does need to be a commercial uh, space station option around the corner, too. So Now, speaking of multiple companies working together, we have Boeing and SpaceX. We saw mm-hmm. a lovely tweet from Boeing saying their perspective from the space station has inspired sustainability efforts on Earth. From the station's smaller, more efficient solar arrays to its global humanitarian applications. See how discoveries on orbit help us innovate for a better tomorrow. Now... For those who might not be quite as familiar with each and every window of the International Space Station, that's a view out of the Dragon Capsule right there. Mm-hmm. And when uh, people started to realize that, they were, they were bombarded with comments. And so that tweet was very quickly replaced with this tweet, which did not feature a picture taken from the Dragon Capsule. I guess. Cupola. Well, that's the Cupola. Yes. So now that's uh, not not too much, but it, it is important to recognize the the value of the discoveries made as we work our way into space and beyond and how they improve our lives here on Earth. And the uh, the tweet from the dragging capsule was just a little bit of a comedic error. <laughs> that that is really funny and you and you talk about the discoveries we make just by going to space i think uh the the single most important event of the 20th century was apollo 8 in the sense that apollo 8 gave us a view of the earth from the moon and we were for the first time able to see the entirety of the earth at one time. And you can see the continents and see that there's no lines divided. And, and a few astronauts, they said, you know, I would, the, I would take a congressman up there and say, look at it. 
do you do you see that we we need to protect that and the earthrise picture in particular is considered one of the most famous pictures obviously that nasa's ever put out but it's also one of the most important pictures ever taken because you can actually trace the development of the environmental protection agency and greenleaf and all those uh, environmental that that movement was started pretty much at that moment when we could see the entirety of the earth and see that it's we're just on this fragile marble hanging in on a sunbeam basically so my two cents cool beans next thing we got here private crew was announced for the uh, axiom mission to the iss that was uh, announced that uh, in january some uh, philanthrop philanthropists will be traveling to the iss uh, this uh, was previously this is an, a flight had been announced for october uh, but uh, due to you know basically what we're living through right now it's been pushed back to january um my kind of two cents on this and an interesting theory that I had while watching all of this was that, you know, the, the we, we kind of expected that o the October flight was probably going to be the Tom Cruise flight for whatever his uh, movie he was going to be filming. And, and we all kind of felt that, that was the, the idea. Uh, and then when they announced, Oh, Hey, we're going to have these, these three very wealthy philanthropists. It's like, Oh, that's not, Tom Cruise and I was like, well, could this have anything to do with it? any negative publicity? But then uh, uh, my good friend here uh, let me know, uh, Derek, that it was actually a pre-planning and pre-production thing. No, th was that's not set. Um, it's just I'm thinking rather than it being because he's such a big name and it was rather minor the amount of hate he got from the shouting scene over COVID. So that was pretty subdued and i think overall it's more likely that if there's a delay it's because they don't yet have everything worked out and because it's made it hard to work whether it's on movie sets at covid's just made it much harder so i i think it's more likely that there are either other commitments as a result of film releases being delayed or they haven't had the pre-production time to be ready for the launch yeah, I, I, I mean, I could totally see that. And I I kind of heard about the Tom Cruise thing, but then it was like there one day and gone the next because of everything yeah. else that was going on at that same time, you know? So it was kind of like a blip. So, I mean, that was my idea, but then I, I completely can see it that way. And, you know, they have people lined up with their pocketbooks open, ready to, to go into space. So backfilling and saying okay we're not going to take tom cruise but we'll take you two and and a I'll pilot for axiom he's my man i mean tom cruise is definitely going to make it but he's it's definitely not going to be the next uh on the first crew the first commercial crew so it's gonna be pretty fun though i'm, I'm excited to just have the filming obligation on earth too uh say again there's a chance he just has the filming obligation on earth yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I heard during part of their being on the ISS that they will be performing actual philanthropist activities. I don't know what that's going to look like, so I'm kind of interested to see what kind of <coughs> philanthropist activities you can do from the International Space Station. They're, they're just going to make them donations to charity on their phone in space. They're just going to sign the check while they're on the International Space Station. Mm. Yeah, I'd Seems watch that. 
Little now, throw. I'm totally gonna out. watch that. As silly they'll, as um, get some, space. they'll bring some cube tats up with them and throw them out for some colleges. <laughs> yeah, them. I mean, as silly as space philanthropy sounds, it definitely could be done because getting kids interested in whether it's science and that sort of stuff that's really valuable. Even if it, even if it's just creating interest, there's a ton of value created with that. Um, I want so. to see him do a volcano with the uh, vinegar and baking soda in space. What is that? Oh, like? no, that would be I, I think they might run into some issues. No, but outside. Horrible. Outside. Spacewalk? I oh. don't know if... Mm, if you put, put an um, pop filter on it and then you take it outside and do it in a way that you could kind of keep it separated until you shake it, you could actually make a rocket that's baking sort of vinegar powered in orbit. <laughs> that would be kind of. I, I would. I would pay that. That would be. I would pay to do that. I would pay to make a rocket and point it at the Earth, and be like, "I fired a rocket at the Earth." Or if they had kids submit designs ahead of time for what it'll look like, uh, and then, they... <laughs> and then we they... track them all the way until they're incinerated in the atmosphere. That would be really <laughs> cool. be a few, few days at least. I, I, you could probably get it two days. But yeah, I mean, this is exciting because Axiom is a company that actually has uh, worked out this agreement where they can send people to the ISS and they are planning on developing their own segment of the ISS. And eventually they do want to operate their own commercial space station, a private commercial space station, uh, kind of like a hotel, a place to send you know wealthy philanthropists to do space rocketry. <laughs> So I, I've written about it a couple of times. Uh, I'm very excited because anything that's that's putting more money into launch infrastructure and is putting more money into just getting people to space and more regular people are able to go to space. I mean, a wealthy philanthropist, not a regular person, but it's he's not an astronaut either. Yeah, so, having some regular people in space, that'll that'll be a bigger deal, I think, once we get there. I would like to see like actual jobs in space. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, oh, you want to go work as a, a mechanic on a space barge that that picks up. My idea was, oh, let's pick up these satellites that are defunct, tear them into pieces, and then fix uh, use those pieces to fix other satellites. Because law of the ocean is finders keepers. Uh, I mean, that is how the law of the ocean and the law of space should work the same way. Unfortunately, it does not, but it should. Are you trying to say you we're going also... belters, belters out there and have their own language? I mean, yeah, there will definitely reach a point where you just need normal jobs in space. And yeah, uh, working on the moon, working around the moon. Like, that's going to be something that our kids will get to see and, and hopefully get to experience. Now, a, a silly look back at, at that uh, baking soda vinegar volcano sort of thing wouldn't the vinegar boil in a vacuum and i mean like there's a little bit no, of no, extra that's thrust the the, that's what the pot filter's for it won't pop until there's enough pressure at which point okay. there's a liquid yep. that has high pressure mm. also if you do it right you can keep the air in front of the liquid with a little bit of push as it starts basically like it yeah. be back pressure and kind of the same way header tanks do of sorts yeah hmm. Okay, now I would like to see this in action. Is. We need to fund this. We're going to send this to right. the ISS. Michael, Larry, you know those like, big balls that you call. get inside of? You know those big balls you get inside of? You just pump that with oxygen yeah. and put it up in there and put that outside. Camera. There you go. <laughs> Bam. 
Like you're talking doing I, a weather balloon. I want to see this happen. All right, <laughs> we I'm, totally got to make this happen. We, 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 we weather know. balloons and helium aren't that expensive. We can <laughs> we can mount cameras. Yeah, oh yeah, and, we can do it ourselves. Oh yeah, I would definitely want to send one of my DSLRs up to it for doing that. I, oh, I don't care if it comes out 100 in one piece. I risk a DSLR for that. We can't we do it in Florida though. Views. I feel like the wind will be uh, too close to the ocean to get us to space and back. As we'll long as to... we try, we could travel to Georgia somewhere. That'd be pretty easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> you could or travel to like Claremont where they launch the hot air balloons around here. We'll have oh, to make man. some friends and see if we can make this happen. <laughs> All right. Now, moving on from Monday on Tuesday. We did see a successful pressure test of serial number 7.2, and we got a tweet past initial pressure test. That's all the info we have. That's, yep, yep. Uh, that, I love that's getting about like, it. concise information. Thank you, Elon. There now, you of course, now this, we, this was a test because they were testing the new uh, thinner sheet metal. That's why they were doing this test. Yeah, it's a, a quarter of the... Th thickness of the original metal so the thing will weigh 25 percent of the original weight so yeah. weight is absolutely the enemy of rocketry so anything you can do to make it thinner yeah you know, I, if I, it, I believe it, it works. was three three millimeter is, is was the thickness i mm -hmm. believe which is that's incredibly thin for... that's really thin so the fact that this passed with the pressures that they put it through is is pretty phenomenal yeah it, it, it's their ingenuity, man. I mean, they're, they're engineering new processes to, to put these pieces of metal together. They use stir welding, which is really kind of cutting edge and unique nowadays, or was when they started using it. It's like now we're seeing the, the, that coming to fruition, and, you know, it's kind of fun. Well, I mean, carbon fiber is lightweight, very carbon strong, is lightweight but it's strong. extremely expensive, and that's, that's that the is. issue. It's also more complicated to make something fast with it exactly it's very true now Once i look forward to seeing another that are long enough i look forward to seeing another test to destruction that'll be really good to see and it'll give them a good idea not just that it can pass their limits but how far beyond how much wiggle room they really have yeah that'd be initial pressure test be pretty low for all we know it, yeah we don't have it could be way lower than they actually need yeah well, Hopefully they'll do it while Kyle's there so he can capture it. <laughs> that would well, be kind of yeah. fun. Yeah, you don't you don't need FAA approval for that, Elon. Let's go. Yeah, you don't have to have FAA approval to blow it up on a stand, dude. <laughs> I think the biggest issue is it's next to two experimental prototypes that are very expensive right now. Yeah, I don't think they want to blow it up right next to serial number nine and That's 10. That's probably the reason that the initial pressure test was not probably that high of a pressure test because... SN9 was chilling right next to it. It, it. Probably half of target was the initial pressure test. So I, I don't know what the, the target pressure is for this particular tank, but uh, I'm sure out in the community, someone, especially like on, on like the stack exchange, someone has that exact information. Yeah. We would <laughs> not, that all the time. we would not want anything to fail with serial number, uh, SN9 or 10. That would not be good. Because we did, in fact, see a failure with Sirius XM7. Yes, now, we did. Are we you don't... serious? A dead serious. <laughs> dead serious. <laughs> now, yes. we don't have much information 
as far as what failed, how much failed. It was just an SEC filing saying that during orbit testing early this month, quote unquote, events occurred that led to the failure of some units in the Sirius XM7 satellite. And we we don't have too much more than that. They said they don't expect interruptions for any of their Sirius XM customers because they already have an extra satellite in orbit ready to replace. And they are planning on launching SXM-8 later this year. And as usual, in the aerospace industry, the satellites are insured. So it shouldn't cost them too much. It's a $225 million of insurance. We don't know how much of that will be needed. If it's a complete and total failure, um, we aren't sure. But it's not looking positive for... Well, it's SXM it's a failure on, on their end. It's definitely not a SpaceX failure. SpaXx did and, their and, job. Yeah, yes. and there was actually information put out, you know, it's not a launch provider failure. Nothing that SpaceX did has anything to do with what happened to the satellite. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm thinking that they use, um, oh, what are they called? The, the spun up wheels that they uh, use for, not gyros, they use these wheels that... Uh, they spin on opposite sides and they have the same amount of spin and I cannot remember the name of them right now, but if you, you have to de-spin them every now and again to keep the satellite stable. If you yeah, de-spin the, it too far, of some kind. they are it's a type of, is what you're talking about. Well, no, if they spin one of them too hard, it, it becomes saturated is what they call. Mm-hmm. And if they saturate it, it's impossible to get the, the, motion or the the actual attitude control of the satellite back so that may be something they're experiencing but like we said we're not we were not seeing anything as to what kind of damage or what kind of failure occurred they literally just said uh, events occurred so events occurred there are so Someone many leaned on, things on that something. could be i feel like they forgot to plug it in they forgot to plug it in <laughs> i i feel like they they could have tried to deflect if it had clearly been something that if they knew what caused it and they could say safely this was not our fault this was not maxar technology's fault i feel like they would have but they're still investigating the damage yeah what exactly went wrong so i feel like well yep if it looks good for them we'll know as soon as they as soon as they know it's harder to investigate something stupid like not forget it remembering to do something until it's in orbit like what if one vault was missing and they went to deploy the solar panels and it did not deploy correctly. Who knows? And, and that kind of stuff did used to happen quite frequently. So someone left a turbis in there. Then, um, there's the a coffee Russian bottle. rocket. They installed the gyroscope on backwards. Gyro on backwards. Yeah, that could do it. You never know. Yeah. Will uh, maybe they'll they'll uh, tell us in the future here. So let's see. We have all the big events that happened on Thursday, and it's kind of this SpaceX versus the FAA thing. Oh, and yeah. we like, actually have someone who happens to be on the scene in Boca Chica, Mr. Kyle Montgomery. Yeah, well, I'm technically in Brownsville because the hotels are cheaper here. True story. Uh, Kyle is the, the the Boca Beast over there. He is there to, to get us some coverage uh, of the hopeful launch of a <laughs> serial number nine starship uh, that'd be really fun but it was supposed to launch on thursday according to spacex they had 
clearance from the FAA, and then it was actually originally supposed to launch on on Wednesday. I I don't yeah, believe they yeah. ever actually got the clearance they needed. I think they they uh, they were hopeful they, they, had the they were hopeful it was going to pass before their launch window, and they were just sort of waiting and expecting and then... it. And uh, I heard that Elon was apparently on call with the FAA trying to get them to push that through, and they were well, not happy. I'd love to hear that phone call. Oh yeah, that would have been an interesting phone call. <laughs> that and then I'm sure I'm sure that all the journalists were also trying to call the FAA and trying to call SpaceX to get information on what was happening, why they weren't flying. But and... they couldn't get through because they were actually on a call, so they got that <laughs> beep 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 number. Yeah, that happened. Because apparently they violated their launch license with SN8, which of course is the prototype which was while massively successful did end with a large explosion. We don't know what exactly they violated in with their license whether it was height like we we don't we don't quite know what happened they haven't given us too much information uh my favorite theory from uh the stack exchange which i'm a big fan of but uh my favorite theory that i read was that spacex was cleared to a certain height and the FAA said, so, hey, how high are you launching this thing? And they said, um, we'll get back to you on that. And then never did. That's kind of the theory that's going around the stack exchange right now, which kind of tends to be correct. So I I, I don't know. <laughs> so this was just pointed out that Elon is just like the space TFR's post talking about 2-2 for the Starship. He liked launch. that. He liked the TFR, yes. Okay. So well, that is a, a good that, sign. That is a good sign when Elon likes something. Uh, you know, Elon has power, folks. He, when he likes or tweets something, I mean, look what just happened with the whole stock market. Uh, that was all <laughs> Elon, okay? That, that was, was all Elon. Elon. Sorry, it, he, had a, he had an influence on it, but anyways. So now, now he's talking about Bitcoin. Anyways, that's a whole other topic. But anyways, he liked it, so that's a good sign that they are targeting the second. Uh, now, what's significant about the second is that's going to be if – if they do decide to launch Starship on the second, this is going to be two launches, possible two launches that SpaceX is going to support. You're going to have Starship there in Texas, and then you're going to have Starlink here in Florida. It's if not going to happen. Everything goes now. <laughs> it probably more likely one of those probably won't or both of those won't we just don't know everything's all up in the air when it comes to launches nothing's really set in stone until it actually launches so we're, we're looking hopeful that that something happens i mean they could they could totally do that they have they have the 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 power and the the ability to do it i don't know if the faa is gonna allow it to happen no i don't honestly. think that i don't think the fa would have the issue with the two launches but just looking at the weather forecast it is very bad as far as recovery weather it's moderate upper level wind shear and high recovery yep. weather and yeah. in addition they only have a 60 percent go of weather at the launch so add that stuff together i um I don't think they're launching Tuesday. I mean, it does they look could very like... well do uh, Starship. They could, but the more and more that it pushes back with Starlink, the earlier and earlier that it gets. Now, when we're hovering more towards that 7 a.m. window, that's when we really get the jellyfish 
when we're able to get the jellyfish effect because it hits a certain altitude and then it it spreads like we've seen before with the jellyfish. That's what everybody's kind of hoping for right now. Everybody's hoping for the jellyfish effect. Now, for those who yeah, aren't, all the photographers who love the jellyfish effect. For well, those who might not be from because I'm not there. <laughs> for those who might not be familiar with the jellyfish effect, that's basically where the exhaust from the rocket in the upper atmosphere is hit by the rising sun and or the or the setting sun even and it glows this brilliant color and because of course the sun's not up nearly as high it really stands out in the sky and it's very beautiful there have been a couple different uh time lapses especially over the west coast of that jellyfish effect so it'll be nice to see that i have not seen one in person oh yeah it's good stuff every time it happens over and you can see it from la when it happens over the west coast and everyone freaks out about you every time it happens they do that in tampa too my my mom like flipped out she called me what is that in the sky i'm like mom they just launched a rocket calm down yeah everybody freaks out hi mom i love you everybody freaks out what is going on right now are we being invaded et is real so there was this whole back and forth between between musk and the faa yeah and and people got on both sides and this is the problem with internet culture this is really the problem with internet culture but we're reporting on it so let's go ahead and get into this so he (laughs) slammed the fa on twitter talking about how sure the faa with airplanes is fine but as far as rocket flight, they have a fundamentally broken regulatory structure. They're set up for only a few launches a year, not regular launches. And so this created a whole bunch of SpaceX fans who started spamming the FAA pages, giving them hate, <laughs> saying, why are you blocking SpaceX? And then you also had people on the FAA side saying, look, they the last time they launched, the rocket blew up. It was done in a relatively safe manner like it it was on the pad but if they violated the the agreements for their launch they need to follow the agreements to ensure safety especially this week it's not a good uh it's not a good look to be saying we need to hurry up and launch this and who cares that the faa hasn't given their approval for safety reasons uh, and I agree. This was a bad week to try to kind of pull that, and we'll we'll get into that in, yes, uh, this week absolutely. in space. But um, so people got on both sides of this in in flame wars, and honestly, I see it from both sides because my my personal thought on this is yes the faa does have a fun fundamentally broken regulatory structure the way to fix that is to legislate end of story elon has a responsibility to follow the letter of the law with his company that operates under the regulatory guidance of the faaa they've launched people they are not new to this they they are not new to this they They know how to play this game and so that yeah, Daryl saying space Karen is back and it's like I, I love SpaceX, I love their work, but they as frustrating it is as it is, they need to they need to abide by the FAA. Yes, and change is coming. Those changes have already been passed and they're just not yes. implemented yet. So once those changes are implemented, this whole regulatory 
issue may go away. I mean, but Elon needs to play nice before he gets censured again. And it, you know, eventually the federal government's going to get a little testy with him. And, you know, money can only get you so far. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's I mean, there does need to be a change to that regulatory structure. In fact, there has been a change. It's just not implemented yet. It's on its way. It has to there's a lot of bureaucratic red tape that has to be both shredded and created to make it happen. Yeah. And twi Twitter is not going to change the law. Yeah. Say, Twitter doesn't change Giving the hate law. on Twitter will not change the law, but it will send, right. if you are Elon Musk, it will send a mob of people attacking and taking up some poor employee at the FAA's time trying to sift right, through that for important things. Yes, yeah. right. Your congressman have them propose legislation that changes the regulatory structure of the FAA for the way rockets need to be done now, as opposed to how they were done 50 years ago. And do Could not storm the FAA. Do Could not storm the FAA, please. A to your congressman that says when hop. I don't think we could get 30,000 nerds to storm the FAA, honestly. Be surprised. Like, I mean, <laughs> look what they did on Reddit. <laughs> uh, yes, but that didn't require them to leave their homes. Uh, very true. <laughs> very, very organized true. quickly and fast. <laughs> I don't like to leave my home unless I have to. All right. Saturday, we did have an update from uh, ARCA. They added a date for uh, their. What was that? What's up? Uh, what before that, that. What did I forget? Uh, I believe we have. Oh, yeah. The RS25 engine test. A couple things. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There. So we did see. Uh, they conducted uh, a new test of one of their engines. I was not following this very closely. Um, so NASA conducts the first hot fire test of a new series of production of RS-25 engines. And in addition, they did announce uh, that they will be doing another hot fire test for Artemis 1. They will be Absolutely. redoing that full duration test. Um. Yeah, the green run. Yes, yeah, the green run. Yes, green one two point it, It's uh, you know, this is good because we're seeing them. They're thinking toward the future. Okay, well, let's build another one because each of these are kind of single use. So you know, they do have to start building those, testing those engines years in advance of the actual flight. So. Uh, it's exciting to see that. It's exciting to see them going back. They're going to redo that test that the, we had that failure um, early in the test cycle. I think they made it 62 seconds uh, out of a planned eight minutes. So let's uh, let's see them run it for eight minutes. That's going to be something fun to, to watch. Uh, I love watching the clouds, honestly. That's my favorite part is just seeing the huge cloud coming out of the test stand. Daryl says he'll be at that one too. Get some great shots. That's exciting. Yes, absolutely, Daryl. No. I uh, well, yeah, he's like right there, so he he's, <laughs> you know, he's right yeah. around the corner. Now we did also see, as you were saying, I'm sorry to interrupt. The the Arca first stage is being prepared. So Matt, you want to talk a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. So Arca, if, if anybody, uh, I've noticed when when, when they uh, made the announcement, not too many people are, are following Arca and what they're what what they got going on. So what Arca is is Arca is a very green rocket company. Um, they use the Aerospike engine, which is a electric um, water propelled um, 
um, engine. Um, so what they're doing is next week, they are plan planning for their uh, maiden vertical hop. They're actually looking at a four meter tethered hop. And for what that means for anybody who doesn't, who's not aware what that term is, they have the cables attached to it so it doesn't go too high. And then once the test is concluded, it doesn't slam against the ground as well as is to help protect the vehicle. Um, they are planning that. And then comes um, July 31st, they're planning for their actual full duration. Um, I'm sorry, June uh, 2021, they are uh, planning their full duration um, flight. Um, so they are based out of Romania. Um, so I have been following ARCA for quite some time. Um, not too many people do. I don't know why. I think they're a very interesting um, launch provider. They're bringing something new to the table, and I'm very interested to see where they go. Um, so, yeah, definitely looking forward to see what they got going on. And we were, we were talking about this before the show because I, I, I had not heard of ARCA. So I started doing the research, and I'm like, wow, they're bringing back the aero spike. Mm -hmm. but it's a water propelled aero spike it's steam yep so we were talking about well how much power can you really generate from a steam rocket and i was like wait have you seen these pictures from people's kitchens where they've exploded their pressure cooker that's how much energy you can create with a a steam rocket i guess now right. i will say whatever you do do not make fun of arca on twitter for just being a steam rocket they will block you oh yeah they've been blocking people like crazy they, it's i believe they actually <laughs> privated their account because they were getting hate and they yeah they i, I don't understand why people would give them hate you know we need new ideas uh aerospike is not a new idea using it with water this way is completely new to me i've never seen this uh, Aerospike, uh, NASA was developing this into the, the early 2000s before they gave up on it because they just couldn't get the kind of uh, performance that they were expecting from an Aerospike design. So I, I'm interested in to, to see if this actually works, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I think the actual hull of the rocket, the first stage, I believe I have to do a little bit more research, but from looking at the picture, you can see the texture on the first stage. I believe it is a carbon fiber shell. This is just a theory. I don't know. I have to do some some digging, but it does look like it's carbon fiber I mean, and maybe possibly yeah, I, I, or definitely it, aluminum. It does kind of look like that, just like looking from the texturing in this picture. It's like yeah. it, it, it has to it's be definitely like something, but it, I, they're spending a lot of money. They've been developing this engine, the the uh, LAS engine and the uh, HASS engine uh, are two different um, aerospike designs, and they've been developing those for, it looks like, a few years now. Mm -hmm. Yep, so, it's been uh, development for a while. So I, I'm excited to see, hey, is it going to work? I mean, if it works, I'm all for it. Like, let's oh, yeah. develop every different way we can to get to space. Will an elevator work? I don't know. Let's try it. Will that... You know, that's been uh, an idea that's been knocked around since the 1980s, but we haven't done anything about it yet because we can't really, really we, we can't actually make the, the nanocarbon fiber tubes long mm. enough yet. So this is like the water bottle lock rockets that you used to play with as a kid, but like mm -hmm. in a grown up version now is what this mm -hmm. is. That's what they block people on Twitter for saying. Exactly. <laughs> but it's going to be cool. Not, not flat earther guy use a steam rocket. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he actually, did. He did. yeah, that didn't turn out well, though. Mad no, Mike. it didn't. It didn't Mad Mike, up, may he rest in peace. 
It worked though. Yeah, you're right. It, it worked. I mean, there's people are underestimating the power of steam. I mean, trains used to run off steam for the longest time. You know it's what I mean? So, <laughs> I mean, they got power behind them. Well, Have all our power is basically off of steam yeah. other than solar. <laughs> yeah. They, well, they need to put Mad Mike on the uh, the astronaut I mean, memorial here at just, Cape Canaveral. Just don't release the parachute on the way up. If Arca needs to know anything, that's the one thing you need to know. Mm-hmm. No shoot going off on the way up. Excellent. <laughs> bring extras. Always bring extras. <laughs> All right. So today, before we came on the air, uh, first things first, NASA announced that there may be a uh, delay to the Moon Lander System Award. And uh, who uh, did the research on that? Because I know it wasn't me. Well, we don't we don't have much new information. It's I don't think anyone was really surprised by this as a result of COVID. Everything's sort of getting pushed back. And so it's just becoming less and less likely for them to meet that deadline. But it'll be interesting to know who, what of the companies, whether it's SpaceX, Blue Origin, or Dynetics, is going to be the one or, or more than one that are selected and working for the lander. Because, of course... Uh, I mean, the one that we have seen the most of publicly is the possibility of a Starship uh, lunar lander, which actually we'll see a little bit of very soon. But yeah, not not too much of a surprise. Uh, they pushed back the award time frame from late February into April 30th. And that's pretty much all there is to that. And that's not a huge delay in the in the big scheme of things. Uh, I do know that uh, when the election was coming up, I was listening to a lot of the the political side of, hey, what's going on with the moon program? What's going to happen uh, if Trump over here wins? And what's going to happen if Biden wins? And it was kind of like, okay. So if Biden wins, what we're really going to see is kind of a contraction uh, in the sense that Trump was really pushing for the moon program to be very fast uh, in the scheme of things, uh, as far as such things go. To be fair, it could run faster than they really want it to go. And, you know, we could definitely do this. But the problem is that development cycle and that iterative process that you really want to see to to ensure safety was kind of there was corner cutting happening and there was some idea that the Biden administration was definitely going to extend out that 2024 day to maybe 2026 or maybe even 2028. So uh, that's kind of my sense of what's going to end up happening just because space is easy to put to the side when, especially when there's bigger things happening, such as, you know, a, a pandemic and other things. It's hard to see the immediate benefit of getting people off the earth when there are problems on earth. And... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see Artemis happen. I I really do hope that they pick more than just one landing system because I would like to see them use the 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 Blue Moon, if you will, landing system uh, in a combination with the Starship for further flight. So use Blue Moon for that first landing, but then use the Starship model for you know not every subsequent landing, but you know, Artemis doesn't need to be going back to the moon when we have a, a commercial spaceship that can do that. Artemis needs to be pushing out further. That's that's my two cents. Blue Moon could also build the landing pad for Starship. It's a true story. Starship kind of need the landing pad if it wants to take off again and not 
absolutely spew moon dust everywhere. Yep. That, is, that see, is a true story. We did see the actual, uh, in one of the renders, I believe, they added uh, thrusters towards the, stop, the top of Starship so that they were able to take off without firing like the raptors at the bottom. They could get off without disturbing the moon rock too much. Yeah, and, and I've seen that. I, I want to know how much thrust do those have to have to lift all of Starship off of the moon? Now they're dealing with less gravity. Now, I also think it's interesting now that we've heard Elon saying that they're aiming for a catch. Um, they're not going to build a launch pad with a huge catching arm on the moon. Like, well, at all. I mean, I think it's more about the fast reuse of Starship. They don't necessarily need yeah. to reuse them fast for the moon. Yeah. No, well, I mean, so, to get off the small moon thrust again. works on an empty starship potentially for those small upper thrusters. But if they ever want to get, like, say they want to do lunar mining, they're probably going to need to use the main engines. Yes, absolutely. That's when you're going to need something along the lines of a huge launch pad just for the starships to land and, and take off with full thrust instead of using the tiny little thrusters at the Not top. Some fancy hot gas thrusters aren't going to be enough. Not if you're carrying thousands of tons yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Next up. I think the landing actually has the potential to make debris. If you think about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, landing is going to make a ton if of... If they have a full starship, they shouldn't be. They probably won't be able to land with just those top thrusters. Uh, mm, I don't know. It is one-sixth gravity, so... I think I, we will I, see. I, I feel like those were a lot of, of renderings, and we'll we'll learn more when it gets. Some of those closer. probably were just artistic and not actually anything to do with. Absolutely. Quite possibly, yeah. Absolutely, and then right before the show came on, we were all kind of watching this. I had never heard even heard of this company until this morning. Blue Shift Aerospace successfully launched their on their first attempt successfully launched the stardust uh 1.0 rocket uh it was it's just kind a sounding of, rocket so it's just a sounding rocket it's it's small it's it is small but it is the first step in the right direction like getting yeah, things off the ground is a good thing mm-hmm. uh especially for a not a brand new company but a startup company uh apparently this particular rocket and the engines used on this rocket have been de- in uh, development for about six years under a uh, grant from nasa uh so their plan is eventually to move into uh what was it called the rogue Something Rogue Rocket was their second level, uh, kind of like when you see Blue Origin started with, you, you know, you got your new Shepard, and then they're going to move into the new Glenn and maybe new Armstrong one day. Uh, but which that's got to be the name. Obviously, it has to be new Armstrong. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, they had a uh, a second rocket that they're going to be making moving toward uh, developing into a working launch system, and that's going to be uh, capable of so- a long suborbital lift. And then the third stage is I don't even remember what it was called because once again I had never even heard of this company until today. But yeah, they, uh, their payload was about thirty kilograms, is what they're looking at for their payload capacity. Yes, their their entire. Kilograms 
marketing idea is they want to be the Uber of space flight, whereas someone like SpaceX is going to be the, uh, the, the city bus, if you will. They want to be the Uber that's going to take single small payloads into orbit or in on suborbital rides for a small amount of money. They want to work with colleges and, and research departments that maybe can't afford delays to happen, maybe a time-sensitive research project, say. So they, they want to work uh, more with those kinds of colleges to give them quick, easy access to space. Uh, it sounds like a good idea on paper. Uh, I really wish them the best of luck. This particular launch, it was, uh, I'm not going to lie, it was brutal to watch. It, yeah. This was their very first live stream. Uh, you could definitely tell that. And it's okay. They're not SpaceX. They're not, they don't have to be perfect. So I'm not trying to nitpick them. But uh, their sound guy needed some help. And uh, the camera placement was a little weird. Uh, the Hot mics hot mics all over the place and then my biggest pet peeve was that the live stream froze about 10 seconds before launch and did not come back on until midway through the launch uh it, it flickered on for a second and then cut right back out until the parachute was open and they were uh, actually floating back down uh the rocket landed about 100 feet away from the launch uh truck that this rocket actually is capable of being launched from the, like the back of a, a semi truck. So kind of cool, easy, portable. And this is, was in actually in Brunswick, Maine. So uh, pretty interesting that it, there we're seeing launches from all over. Now it's not just Florida and it's not just California. Uh, now we're seeing Maine and Alaska and, and a lot more areas are being considered for these smaller payload launches. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, notably, this is the first commercial launch of a rocket powered by a bio-derived fuel. So Yes, this was so, a bio-derived fuel. So just another way to be a little bit more eco-friendly with mm -hmm. SpaceX. We're seeing the reuse and here we're getting some uh, the clean fuels so mm -hmm. also the very first space flight of hey jordan we're getting a little bit of static with your microphone right now oh i apologize um that any better not it's sort of i don't know if that's jumping a bit or... i'm not must quite sure connection. what it is but now we did see this launch this morning but kyle you have had quite the week down in Boca, haven't you? Yeah, I initially left, I think, like with maybe it's 12 hours of spare when it was supposed to launch as when I left because of Elon's one tweet where he said they're hoping for approval. I think that was Wednesday. I left Tuesday straight from a, boost, a port return, and then I went to Boca. And there's definitely a lot going on there. And this is why we call him the machine, folks, because Kyle is a machine. It was only a 20-hour drive. Only a 20-hour drive, straight after booster return, because Kyle's a machine. That's why we call him the machine. Oh, is he the machine? He is the machine. I'm just checking. I am the machine! <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could get I think Bert Kirchner would uh, not... <laughs> Kirchner? Is that yeah, Kirchner, Kirchner, yeah. yeah. If you've not heard his story about the machine... ...best 15 minutes of comedy you will ever hear. True story. 
All right, it looks like Zoom was the thing messing up for me, so I'm sorry about that. I got the audio back working. Hey! All right. Did we lose so, all the audios? It was it was very staticky. I could hear you guys, but I, I just had to cut off the device and put it back on. Rock on. <laughs> so, Producer Derek so, making so it happen. Kyle, uh, go ahead and explain to us a little bit of some of these photos you got here. So the first photo you, you see is... um. It's where I first pulled over on the side of the road, thinking, at very least, I'll be able to get this far. Oh, I could get a lot closer than that. Yeah, they, they, I heard they, they let you get real close over there in Boca. Yeah. Well, and, they built it right next to a road. Yeah. <laughs> access road. Yeah, it's nothing like the Cape in that way. Right. I, basically, what I did was I parked at the beginning of the facility and just kind of was walking down the opposite side of the road, just taking pictures as I go, and just photographing everything. There's so many little things that, like, you could photograph. Now, notably, uh, this is the booster painted in support of uh, Starship becoming a lunar lander with the, the worm logo and the American flag. Yeah. Who y'all worm? Yeah, we, we, we saw them do that a while ago. We haven't really seen yes. much with it since then. Yeah, it's just been kind of sitting dormant. So what else we got here? We we got a uh, a puck here. What is that? Uh, if you click on it, you should be able to read the text on it. Should be fine enough resolution. I'll just smoke it. That's gonna be a section of one of the 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 next SNs. I don't know if I'll you zoom. With I don't much, really but... have the controls to zoom in. Oh, one of the it looks like one of the collars and one of the domes. They call them the pucks. Yep. Those those welders are so busy over there. Oh yeah, oh, they're, yeah. Good, they're making good they're making money. so much money right now. <laughs> so much money. I got a that's buddy a mine specialized type of welding right there. Mm-hmm. Got a buddy of mine who's over there right now working. But yeah, there's a uh, uh, if you go to Lab Prodre's website, he has a great like layout of this is where all the the starships are in their production cycle. This many sections have been put on this one, and this is where this section is. And uh, he he really has gone all out with that. Yeah, well, these are just n normal people who all of a sudden SpaceX moved in, and now they have all this going on. And of course, a lot of them, this is what they do all the time now. Yeah, if you look at the high bit, you can actually see SN10 before it was moved. This because this was taken, I think, two days before the before the move. Mm. You can see it just barely in there. That's so cool. You could just get like so close to everything. That's just awesome. Yeah, just don't be there when the sirens are happening, and don't go to yeah, the wrong side of the road. They'll kick you out before then. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can't yeah. hear everybody out. Don't be on the, the wrong security side. Security was pretty nice and was very good at letting us know where we allowed to be. There was a few people that kind of ran the security line, and I'm surprised they didn't get arrested. Let's just and say a little more control of the case. That's going to be a cantina right there. Is what yeah, I yeah the, the restaurant yeah the the prancing pony. That's some awesome. nice fins on here. Yeah, when I was hearing it, it's currently just basically a lounge for the employees. I don't think there's actually any set up in there yet not yet uh, in due time well they do feed the employees there I, I know that for a fact so well it would be quite the drive to go out to get food in the middle of the day so yeah I think at the very least there's a few microwaves in there See, some of these I'm just seeing for the first time those shadow those are that one right there that is fantastic mm. yeah that's 7.2 and SN9 
Oh, look at you go, man. That is great. Absolutely killing it, brother. So Kyle's been out here, out at Boca for a while. So he's been, he's had time to go around and be stressed about launches day after day and then live stream and then <laughs> yeah, live stream later that day park for a, a really long time. And that's, know. that's a print worthy photo. That's, yes, so it is. Cool. that's a cool loft in there, right, right, right there. Buy it now. Yes. <laughs> Everything uh, you can see is for sale for prints. Yeah. Go to Kyle's website, kylemphoto.com. Now, what's interesting here, once you click on that X, this bottom one here, uh, want to go ahead and explain to us what this is, Kyle? Well, we are we all know what it is, but for somebody watching who doesn't know what this, this is. This is Deimos. They are theoret- they're theoretically owned by SpaceX, pretty much confirmed owned by SpaceX. We know that there are a lot of convoluted means, though, and um, they're going to theoretically launch Starship and land Starship on there and mm-hmm. get around the FAA that way, most likely. <laughs> Now, uh, some lady did post today that the one that they have up in, what is it, Maine? Somewhere um, around there, Mississippi. Philadelphia, Mississippi. Um, they've already actually started doing construction on it. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah. she's going to be um, posting Hopefully we swing by that one on the, way, on the way back to Florida. Yeah, they already have structures up on it and everything. They've already they've gotten very far in, on that one. These are in industrial ports and not like Port Canaveral port. So it is a little bit hard to get closer to get photos, though, which is the issue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they don't want you there unless you're a stevedore, my man. Yeah, there was there was one time I almost I almost I put in directions to the opposite side of the canal basically, and I didn't realize it was going to take me through a security gate. So I just kind of pulled a U-turn in front of a security gate, like, oh, they're not going to let me through there. No. The heat towels, testing of the heat towels right here, just like the shuttle. Yeah, so while Kyle was out shuttle. there, SN10 started rolling, as you mentioned earlier. So, how close did you get to SN10 as it was rolling down the road? Um. Pretty close. The closest was probably before it left the or before it like got onto the main road. Because before okay. that, our only limit was crossing the road. After that, the what the security guy said was he wants us to try and stay three hundred feet away from it. And so, yeah. So they pushed us back to us. They like just there was a bunch of the the only thing they had to t- give us waypoints by was road signs. So they'd be like, go back to that historical mar- marker and stay behind it. And then eventually we had um two security Teslas that were basically our line. And we were just like, we were walking behind them the whole two miles to the launch site. Uh, well, see, if it tipped over in the bay, they probably don't want you too close to it if it could tip over on the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, I mean, as long as everybody's, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing and paying attention and obeying by the laws and everything like that, they're, I don't really see them, you know, locking it down per se there yeah, was I, I, one or two people that were not listening very well at see, all. And see that's on that's what i'm talking about some people go out there they they think they could just do whatever they want to do and that's how things get taken away and get locked down so anybody who's listening if you want to go out to Boca, like you read my mind derek please just listen and obey the laws and the rules you know what i mean if you're going to go out there please don't litter um i mean respect the land this, these are you know people who this is people's homes People who live there, you know, workers, you know, we don't want to do anything that's going to ruin it for everybody else. So we have a very rare opportunity here. So that's just my two cents from the whole thing. Uh, it'll be well, ruined. Don't worry. Thing with that, um, in due time, it probably will. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. We're just counting down days at this point until they start actually, like, building fences and stuff around there. Oh, there already is one fence. 
Because people can't act right. That's what it is. People can't act right. People cannot act right. There's one of those security Teslas. Yeah, we were just kind of walking behind that the whole time. Uh, um, Uh, One interesting thing at one point, we saw a a big, like, bolt in the road that was compacted, (laughs) most likely by Starship weight. And uh, one of the the guys in the security Tesla came out with a a screwdriver and pried it out of the ground so it wouldn't give someone a flat. That's like how it's number 42. Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. That's that's really cool. <laughs> the answer to life, the universe, and everything. All right. So did there happen to be another that had a number on it, or was it only 42? Another one looks like I only saw 42. They're, they're all and the other Tesla didn't even have any numbers on it. 42 and on the Ooh, man. Somebody bath. Yeah, they need a car wash there. They're in the middle of the desert, bro. Yeah, they could put a car wash. You got enough money to put a car wash. Oh, and the um, 42 was also missing one of the arrow caps. (laughs) Nice. It was on the other side that you you can't see right now, but it was missing an arrow cap. Wow. And then, sure enough, it was, as was profited, we got to see multiple starships. Side and Starhopper and 7.2. Mm-hmm. Man, that makes me long for the day that we'll see a field of these things launching. Man, just like man, randomly. Y'all are getting treated over there, Boca, man. That's... You really are. Like, they rolled out the red carpet. Man, that. y'all got sun, sunrise and sunset pictures that are just fantastic. And not only that, you guys got the moonrise over there as well. Mm-hmm. Which, living here in Florida, I know where I am. I'm in, I'm in Orlando. I don't really get moonrise where I live. You have to be actually be on the coast. Be on the coast, you get sunrise and you get moonrise. You don't get sunset, but you get sunrise and, and moonrise. Wow. Or, or you could be like me and leave home before the sun comes up and then get home after the sun goes down. Yeah. <laughs> In case you didn't realize how massive Starship is, there is a person. There is a, a tiny absolutely mind-blowing these are some beautiful shots now there's some perspective on the heat yeah, tiles you can also kind of see their side versus the, the tiles yeah, yeah that heat tile is probably three feet across all on its own yeah now the other thing is the um the heat tiles some of them are attached adhesively and then others are attached mechanically Hmm. So they have yeah. they still haven't quite decided which way they're going to do for the final starship. It seems like now, I'm going to make a note here. Anywhere where you, you're going to know Kyle's going to be, you already know there's just going to be a time lapse. That's just going to happen. Yeah. Um. Wait. I would have set up more time because um. So this is where we where we originally all were standing before they're like, okay, we need to establish the security line, and they had us move back. But he's like, you guys can leave your cameras though. So I got to leave the GoPro in the good position while I had to go back on my like by myself with my rest of my camera gear. Look like Ryan right there just for a moment. Ryan Chitsky was there. Yeah, I just saw him there in the frame, setting up his camera and then he moved. <laughs> yeah. Uh if you look on the right side of the frame, you can also see um a camper van and a bu- and there was cars in front of that, and they were all in the way and had to move. <laughs> mm. Wow. Still, I mean, I'd be that guy. <laughs> I want to get as close as possible. I want to touch it. Yeah, there was definitely a few times that there was some um, random tourists that didn't know what was happening and just kind of casually started crossing the road like, don't do that. 
Yeah, so it's, here you can see the, I guess that's four different patches of heat tiles mm -hmm. on there. You know, it's, the it's three are adhesive, and the top, the top big patch is mechanical, as far as I know. Okay. I think, I think they're both testing type, and they're testing, they're, that might be three different types of adhesive that they're testing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then the mechanical, it looks like they almost think that that might be the winner, because that's such a large section. Yeah, and you know, what's other interesting, too, is you see, like, anybody who's actively working on building this stuff, like working on a Falcon 9 or working on Starship, to them it's no big deal. But for us, who are big fans of this stuff and we follow this, this is, like, absolutely amazing. But to them, it's just another day. Yeah, yeah at one point, is... one of the security Tesla guys came out when he was telling us where we were allowed to be. And he's he, like, y'all are dedicated. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was sitting in the Tesla driving along. We are walking behind it for two miles. Oh, yeah, to, to them it's nothing, but to people who actively follow the who are fans, you know, this kind of stuff is awesome. Yeah, and I was I was very glad to get a ride back to my car because by the time I was leaving, it was dark, my phone was dead, and it would have been a two mile walk back to my car if I didn't get a ride. Mm -hmm. Nope. No. Next, next time, Kyle's bringing a bike. There was uh, one person with an um with an electric skateboard that that was using that to ride back and forth. Heck yeah, there you go. Just put up you put a bike on the back of your car, man, get your bike rack on the on the way. There you go. Just a little you rack on the front. Yeah, All right. So let's let, let's go ahead and we're gonna kind of go away from Boca Chica. Yeah. And let's so... talk about why this was a bad week to be pushing those safety boundaries. Let's... Why was this that beforehand? Kind of... Let's real quick just address uh what's coming up this week. So oh, we yeah, do have, We do have a few Starlinks on the books. We were mentioning uh, potential Tuesday launch, potential Thursday launch. We don't have set dates there, but we could easily get two Starlinks uh, this week, Maybe weather dependent. The boats are Maybe heading out. And yes, so let's hope for that hop will, over in Boca. We will see. Um, but then, yes, so to go into this week in history and why... Uh, battles with the FAA and safety are so, so important. So on January 27th, so I will say uh, this is thank you to Zach Shaw for putting together the on this day. He wasn't able to be here for the show tonight, but uh, this is his work right here, putting this together. So uh, on January 7th, 27th, 1967, is the day of the Apollo 1 fire. Um, uh, Just, it, 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 it's a tough thing to talk about, especially if you're really in the community, because we love our astronauts now. Imagine when there were so many fewer and it was such a different job back then. It, the way we feel about it now, I mean, we're so far removed from this. None of us is old enough to remember this. Yeah. But it was a huge tragedy because we lost one of the first seven astronauts. In fact, we lost the second American to go into space. Gus Grissom died in the Apollo 1 fire. And the first American to spacewalk, Ed White, died in the Apollo 1 fire. And Roger Chafee was there as well. And all three of those guys died not in space. They died during a test. 
And it comes down to, and what it came down to for Apollo was that they, and then if you watch any documentaries, especially if it has a lot of people who were alive at the time, they talk about go fever. Everyone had go fever. We had to get to the moon. We had to, to get through Kennedy's decade. We had to the end of the decade and we had go fever. We had to get there. We had to get there. We had to get there. And when they designed this thing, it was designed with a lot of flaws that came out during this test. There was a fire uh, due to uh, just a, a short encabling uh, in the miles and miles of cabling inside of one of these Apollo capsules, there was a short. And at the time, they were using 100% pure oxygen as as uh, uh, air inside of the capsule. So they're on the pad. It was during the plugs out test, which was like one of the very last tests before they were to launch. And it was essentially their green run or uh, their wet wet test, if you will, uh, where they would go through the entire process and do everything except for launch. And they were having communications issues, a spark flew and it sat in the, the atmosphere and it they, you know, like, Deke Slayton, who was there almost immediately when it happened, he described it as a blowtorch uh, that from what he could see in through the capsule. And it was a horrible thing, but we learned a lot from it. We learned that we have to make a, a not just a, a product that's going to get us to the moon, but one that's going to get us there safely. And going fast isn't going to get us there safely. It's like they talk about the triangle thing, but we'll talk about that later. So that was one just one of the the horrible things that has happened in this week in space history the next uh, happened on january 28th of 1986 i was f like four years old three years old but uh challenger and it's another one of those things the challenger accident happened and it's another one of those things where the safety protocol was not being followed there was a lot of, of division at NASA at that time. Um, the Morton, uh, Morton Thiokol guys were, were saying, hey, we can't launch. Some of the engineers were saying, you can't launch with these temperatures because these O-rings aren't going to make it. And they were kind of shoved to the side because they needed to get this launch going. And they had their own type of go fever. At that time, space launch was routine uh, in their eyes. Not as routine as we see it today, but in, in their time frame. I mean, the only reason the networks were even covering the launch was the fact that Kristen McAuliffe was on the flight. Uh, so we had this thing where they wanted to get it going. They wanted to get this flight in the air. They shoved the professionals to the side. And then we had an accident 72 seconds into their flight. Uh, the O-ring that the Morton Theokol guys had said was going to blow through. It blew through and uh, basically acted as a, a torch and uh, ate into the external tank where all the fuel was and uh, caused the explosion. So uh, that is just the, the second thing. And then finally, uh, tomorrow is the anniversary of the, the Columbia disaster. And uh, I can remember this one vividly. I was in college at the time. It was a Saturday morning. I was excited because I was going to get to see this shuttle actually fly over the college where I was at. And I, I watched this play out on CNN 
or or Fox News or whatever the heck they were playing at the time. But this was another one of those things where they didn't look at the the, the safety. It, it it wasn't even a go fever thing. It was a well, this is routine. We do this all the time. Like we we know what the risks are. But you know, people were saying, hey. You know, this there there had been times previously where some chunks of this external tank foam had come off and had impacted the orbiter on launch. Uh, so that's what happened with Columbia. And then at the end of their mission, uh, sadly, uh, they didn't make it back uh, just 10, 15 minutes before they were supposed to land. The 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 uh, orbiter of Columbia disintegrated over Texas. And and we lost seven more just truly great people, these astronauts on board. Uh, it was the first Indian American or the first Indian woman astronaut. It was the first Israeli astronaut was on board. There, there, there was just so many things that you can say about the crew. But when you talk about them, I mean, they died together. So you do want to talk about them uh, as a as a group, and and we pay our respects to them. These are the people who who uh, they passed away at the 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 altar of exploration, if uh, as I like to say, and uh, we do. That's this week in 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 space history. Uh, I think we've had just a, an amazing show this week there's a few other things that did happen in space history uh, yeah so let's uh, see. january 31st 1958 the u.s joined the space race with explorer one when it was launched into orbit the satellite lifted off from cape canaveral uh under the direction of uh german-born scientist Werner von braun uh explorer one was 80 inch 80 inches long and six and a quarter inches in diameter and revolved around the Earth in a looping orbit that came as close as 220 miles and as far as 1,500 miles from the surface of Earth. And Explorer orbited the Earth more than 58,000 times before it burnt up on March 31st of 1970. Then February, uh, February 3rd, 1966, the... Uh, USSR landed an unmanned spacecraft called Luna on the moon that was able to send transmissions back to Earth. And on February 1st of 2001, the Near Shoemaker was the first spacecraft specifically designed to study an asteroid. In this case, the asteroid was Eros, and that's the closest asteroid to Earth. And as Near descended onto Eros, it sent back dozens of high-resolution pictures. And even though Near wasn't designed to land on an asteroid, NASA decided to do so, and it managed to touch down and send back data until its final signal, which was sent on February 28th of 2001. That, that's some incredible ingenuity where they're like, it's not designed to do it, but let's go ahead and see what happens. It and then it lasted a month. So... I, I think this has been an excellent show. Um, I, I want to thank you guys for, for paying attention to us, uh, yes. for listening to us. And please give us a call. Where's that phone number? I'm sure the phone number is coming up shortly there, Mr. Derek. Uh, please give us a call. Ask us any questions. Tell us that we're doing a horrible job. Whatever you want to say, uh, we'll listen to you. We'll get back to you. Uh, you might even make it on the air. Maybe we'll tweet it out once in a while. 
Yeah, absolutely. Tweet it out. That's it. Have your, have your kids ask us questions. Don't forget to like, like and subscribe to the channel. So that way we can keep this coming on every week. And every week we do this show where we're trying to get better and better and add more things and improve on things and eventually get some kind of production value. But we're still getting our wings. You know, we're, 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 we're still SN9 at this point. We're just a test article. So you got to bear with us. Far. We got to make it through our iterative process. Uh, are we Hopper right now? Of us. <laughs> uh, we, Hopper was first episode. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, thank you all for tuning in and watching this episode, and we will see you next week.